Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. On today's show, we're going to be breaking down the Central Division and where they stand heading into, well, maybe not quite free agency, but the true offseason anyway, where stuff gets done, teams get shaken up, things like that. We will jump into the Central Division for the majority of the show. However, the news of the day, Bob McKenzie tweeting and then continuing to tweet about how he shouldn't have tweeted about Jack Eichel asking for a trade, but then not actually asking for a trade. Seems about right. Yeah. A a very non-committal tweet storm of Jack Eichel wanted out of Buffalo, but he actually doesn't, but they were taking calls on Jack Eichel. Which so does Jack Eichel want out, or does the team want to trade him? I don't know. This this seems like a whole lot of smoke about nothing to me. Yeah, it. Uh, reading through it, it was like, first of all, what the hell is semi retirement? <laughs> you're either working or you're not. <laughs> uh, just, he can't give it up. He can't give it up. And like, we don't want him to. He's the best. Yeah, of course. And then the rest of that was like, well. Something could happen here, but probably not. Everybody <laughs> retreated to their corners. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it uh, it certainly didn't seem like either Bob was told something that he was told immediately to walk back, or it, there's nothing there. Yeah. So. Yeah. It. I. You know. I don't know. It's either like it's it's not a Colorado conversation. Yeah, the, I uh, for numerous reasons, Eichel makes zero sense in Colorado. Really, right in a in a salary cap era, like you know, <laughs> Eichel's already at ten and a half million. McKinnon's next next contract is probably going to be twelve plus. How many, um, how many years is left on Eichel's contract? Actually, a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, okay, it's through 2026, so that would be six years at, at 10 million. 10 million? Yep, with most okay. of it have being NMC'd as well. Not that if you're acquiring Eichel, you're not looking to trade him, I imagine, but... Yeah. Yeah, because you will have given up so much to, uh, to to have gotten him in the first place. You're not, you're not looking to move on from him. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean... It'd be fun to dream, right? But it, realistically, like that's, I don't even, I don't even know if that's, when like, you're, I don't even, I don't even know if that's a new hook Byram conversation. Right. That's you're looking at new hook Byram, a couple of firsts plus. Yeah, like that, that out of there. Well, and like that might be even like a Gerard conversation. Yeah an actual roster player as well there. Yeah. Yeah. And not like here, here's all the stuff we don't want. Oh, we'll give you, we'll give you two first rounders this year and next year, which we expect will be in the twenties next year. And definitely is this year. Yep. And then we'll give you, you know, we'll give you Jost and Cout and Bowers and Timmons. And it's like, why would Buffalo do that? 
And yeah, the, the, first of all, why would Buffalo ever trade him? And if they were to trade him, you better win a cup, not just this year, but next year and, and the third year left on McKinnon's deal because you're blowing yeah. up your future to do this. Definitely. It's not the same as the Taylor Hall conversation where, yes, he's expensive, but you're not mortgaging your future to get that guy. Well, and, and like with, with Eichel, like there's you look around the league and you try and say, okay, well, how many, where, where's, where does he fit? You know, and to be honest, like everybody could use another great center, right? But there are teams that have onesies. Yeah. The abs are certainly one of them, (laughs) right? Like there's a couple of teams, right? Like, like Tampa Bay doesn't need him. Toronto doesn't need him. Pittsburgh doesn't need him. You could say Colorado probably doesn't need him. Like, would he be better than Kadri? Totally. But Kadri, like, what, is Kadri going to go the other way in that deal? And he's going to be, the, the Buffalo's going to reset their franchise with a 29-year-old, 30-year-old center? Yeah, that'd be tough. It, and and even then, I mean, you, if you do that deal, you probably end up playing Eichel on McKinnon's wing or whatever. But it's just real tough to to ask to get value out of a, a natural center, a guy yeah. who's been a one C his entire NHL career, essentially. Yeah. I mean, at that point they've kind of just copied what Toronto did. Yep. Um, Kadri would be your three C assuming he doesn't go the other way. Assuming they only want like good young pro- prospects and pieces. Yep. Cause a guy like Kadri just wouldn't make sense for them. I mean, you know? I mean, they could turn around and flip him and move him on. Yeah. somewhere else, But it's like, what are they going to hey, do? Go, you... into the, go into the season with Eric Stahl and Nazem Kadri as their top two centers. Just... Like this is the weirdest rebuild ever. Yeah, I don't even know what where Buffalo is as a franchise if they're moving out Eichel. Like, yeah, you're having you're having serious questions about that. And then and then like what? Reinhardt going to sign long term with you right after you do that? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> no, he's not. You so. Know? Yeah. Ross Dalene, you think that guy's gonna sign up long term after that? Yep. Maybe. <laughs> so but I would I would be uh, I think it would bring it into question. So yeah. like the Eichel stuff, the the, the it, look it's juicy, it's sexy, it's fun. There are no obvious fits. Um the Rangers can call all day, but there are no <laughs> obvious fits. Um I I can't I can't find a single franchise where it's like, oh, these guys not only need this player but have the assets to move for him in which they would be okay. Yeah. They, as For as little sense as it makes for Buffalo, any team making the move the other way, it's like trying to move. You'd have the same conversation about moving McDavid if you were taking it seriously, right? The yeah. amount that you would have to give up would make it not worth it for your franchise, despite it being an incredible player. It just doesn't make a ton of yeah. sense. You and I have talked about this before, where it's like, where do you even start to try and value a Connor McDavid trade or even a Jack Eichel trade? Right. Like, it starts at such a steep price. Even if you get 80 cents on the dollar, what does that look like? It's a lot. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's it's so hard to value because you look at it and it's it truly franchise centers in their in their in the heart of their prime 
that 20, you know, that 22 to, to 27 range. Yep. They're invaluable. Like the, the, the trade price, the asking price is just is, is astronomical. It would be astronomical. I I really I they're like a, a, you try and put a Colorado package together, and it's seriously you're you're seriously starting it with New Hook, Byram, and multiple first round picks. You end up with the uh, Eric Lindros 2.0 trade situation, basically. If you yeah, and that guy. and then it's, I mean, gosh, if you're Buffalo, what do you what do you try and value? Do you take would you take Byram, New Hook, Cadre, and two firsts? Uh, well, I'd, I. I legitimately don't know how Buffalo could accept anything. You're putting your situation, you're putting your team in a situation where they're completely in limbo. Yeah. Even if you end up getting better pieces back like that, there's no team in the league that's going to trade you current NHL roster value for Jack Eichel because no team in the league can, unless it's in Connor McDavid going the other way, basically. Right. Right. Like the two most valuable pieces in the NHL are franchise centers and franchise defensemen. Yep. And no one else is looking to move their franchise center like, or defenseman. Yeah. Like very few teams have both. Very few teams are like satisfied at that spot where they're just like, eh, I'm good. Yeah. I, the Avs might be one of the closest teams in that regard. Yeah. One of the like between. Colorado and Tampa Bay. Those are two teams that are just like, okay, we're we're happy here. <laughs> we yep. like this position. Yep. But I, mean, I I just I am yeah, that price the price would be crazy. Like I I would call Ottawa and I would be like, look, we'll let's start with three and five. Yep. And that maybe half of beginning. those four second rounders that you have. And that Shabbat kid looks pretty good. And then and then like Colin White. And then geez, I don't even know. They have so many prospects now that my <laughs> it's too it's hard to it's hard to remember all of them. They Ugh. have Brandstrom, right? They got Brandstrom from Vegas. Yeah, they have Brandstrom. Josh, ooh, Josh Norris, yes, please. <laughs> I forgot about Josh. I always forget Josh Norris exists, but that dude tore up the AHL last year in his pro debut. And it's, it's like... Even that, like, from an optics point of view, if that's what you're trying to sell, Buffalo trades number one center for a guy who's tore up AHL and a bunch of picks, like... I mean, three and five is a start, right? Because that gives them three, five, and eight in this year's draft. Sure. And if you're restarting your franchise, freaking restart it. Just like go because at that point, yeah. at that point, they get one of the franchise centers because they would get Stutzla or Byfield. So okay, great. Boom. You start with that guy. You take Drysdale or Sanderson at five. Boom. And you take whichever forward you like best at eight. Maybe just take Askarov at eight, and you just go boom, right boom, boom. Line. One right, or one. You got a center, you got a D, and you got your goaltender right in the top ten. That's how you do it. All right, great. Congratulations, I've solved Buffalo's problems. There you go. Buffalo should be paying you the big bucks. I, you know, they should. They should definitely be paying me more than they are now. <laughs> they're really, they're really paying you well now. I, I, <laughs> I deserve to be a little more well compensated. 
<laughs> right. On that note, we can take our first period break and talk about our sponsor, Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. We have a bunch of Breck brews on tap down at the DNVR bar. If you haven't been yet, you got to try it if you're local. If you're not local, you can always find it at your local liquor store. They make a beer for everyone, whether it be the Hot Peak IPA, the Agave Wheat, the Strawberry Sky, the Avalanche Amber. They have dozens of beers. Give one a try. I guarantee you they make one that you like. I never even mentioned the Mountain Beach, which is like everyone at DNVR's favorite. So there are they're just a ton of good beers, straight up. I'm 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 kind of with you on that, AJ. But I I like my standard Avalanche. I yeah. A you you and I seem to yeah. You know, not only are we the hockey guys, so obviously we're the weirdos at our company, yeah, but true, true. when it comes to the beer, we also seem to be uh, on different pages. Yeah, I think so. Just just the way it goes. AJ, not a beer drinker as much, and, and even he will, will sip down a strawberry sky. So, Yeah, and I tell you, Devin O'Porter, Porter, any day. Yeah, I know it. I know it. It's like... I literally cannot tell you all of the good beers because they make so many that I forget about some. So give Breckenridge Brewery a try today. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. All right, enough about the Jack Eichel tangent. Let's get into the Central Division. Talk a little bit about where everyone stands before the offseason proper hits. Most of the Central Division obviously has been doing their due diligence at this point, but things haven't really fully kicked off yet for most of them. So let's start with the one team who still has forked paths in front of them. The Dallas Stars currently trail the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-2 to two in the Stanley Cup final. If you win the Stanley Cup, you win the Stanley Cup. I mean... It's hard not to just run it back, at least for the most part, right? Um, I don't know that that's what I would do if I were if I were them and I won the Stanley Cup. I would probably be trying to move on from some of their deals. Yeah, I would try. I, I would be trying to. They need a major youth injection. Yeah, they're not young at all. And like, if they win the Stanley Cup, then it's like bringing all these old guys was totally worth it, and it paid off. Now let's try and make them somebody else's problem. You know, you're you're talking uh, Radulov at 34 with two more years left, Pavelski at 36 with two more years left. Uh, I would try and move on from both of those guys. Maybe a Cogliano. Uh, maybe even try and take a find a taker for Jamie Ben, who at 31 and at nine nine and a half million for the next five years is clearly not going to be worth that contract. And just try and recoup as many assets as they can to try and try and rebuild a little bit. You know, maybe Ben Bishop at 33 and, and seemingly physically beaten up, you know, maybe, maybe it's a, maybe they try and find taker for him, you know, and bring Kudobin back and have it be Kudobin and Ottinger next year. Boy, I mean, that's, See, that's, if, re- that's if Bishop is still hurting. If he's, right. If they're if they're confident that he'll be healthy by the start of next season, don't even bother. Just let him roll. That's it's tough though because that's where you're trying to walk the line. On the one hand, you're saying you just want to come, but you just want a cup. Dump your captain, who mm-hmm. has admittedly been in decline. But on the other hand, you're saying give Kudobin another extension because he just won you a cup. 
Yeah. So it, it it's maybe not as straightforward as it seems for a team. If you want to get rid of Jamie Ben, just uh, find the dirtiest team in the league and sell them to him because he will slew foot his way all the way over there. I'm sure. But what if that's Dallas? Oof, Can't trade with themselves. Point, good point. Good point. I mean, he would have been a perfect Anaheim Duck five years ago. Yeah, well, now look, uh, Corey Perry's on the on the stars, so you might be onto something with that. Fair enough. <laughs> maybe maybe they go the opposite and they try and trade for Getzlaff. Oh, oh man, I that's not. I don't want to deal with that team in the Central anymore. <laughs> you can go back to Anaheim, please. <laughs> um, so it's a tough spot. Even if they win the cup, they're, you're talking about a team that essentially is forcing its own hand into a bit of a rebuild. Yeah, they've got a number of young guys that that are good players that they would like to keep around. You know, Gurionov, Hints, maybe even Foxa. Um, Foxa kind of has fallen off the last couple of years when it looked like he was going to be like a bigger breakout star than he has been. Yeah. Um, he just sort of plateaued and never got any better. And it's like, hey, for who he is, he's good. You know, he's a he's a 15-goal guy, gives you 30, 30 points every year, and play, you know, plays great defense and kills penalties. Value in keeping that guy. But as he as he gets closer and closer to UFA, because uh, he's 26, that guy almost always prices himself out of cost efficiency. So they should be careful there. Um that that defense, what do they do with it? You know, after this after this playoff run, Jamie Alexiak certainly looks a lot more valuable than we would have thought the previous years. You know, he's been he's been a huge piece for them. Kind of um, holding that hodgepodge offensively minded defense together at times. <laughs> well, and and Haskinen, we've you yeah. know we've we've talked about this a number of times already, but. Uh, Darlene, Quinn Hughes, Haskinen, Kale McCarr. All those guys are going to be up for contract at the exact same time. Yep. The the market that's that's going to be set there by someone is not going to be cheap market. Right. That's going to be... I, I would expect that though, that's in the range of $9 million for each of those. I would say that's that's pretty reasonable given not only their prowess on the ice, but what few comparables there are out there. Right. It's basically Shabbat's comparable is the only one out there. And at $8 million, he's kind of the benchmark that all those guys are going to work off of. You know, Haskinen, his regular seasons haven't been as productive. Um, but his postseason, he's got 26 points in 26 games. And on a, on a team that is two wins away from winning the Stanley Cup, like – so what's whatever whatever shortcomings he had in point production in the regular season, he more than made up for in the playoffs, and he's going to be worth that contract. So if Dallas does come up short, is that is that the ticket? No one but Haskinen is safe. Um, you know if they if they come up short, I could see them just saying, "Ah, we've got most of this team ready to go. Let's just do it again," and then maybe I... move out a couple of guys here and there. I could see that, but I think you would agree with me, and that's probably a mistake. Um, I mean, it's rolling the dice and probably feeling a little overconfident in the way that this has gone. But you and I continued, and how how much of how much of what they have done in this postseason, which is 
as like we know that this is unsustainable across a, a, an 82 game regular season. We know that because we've all looked at we've all looked at data before and we understand that hey, eventually this run comes to a close. Eventually you pay the price for getting down two goals in every game. Eventually you pay the price for going into every third period trailing. Yep. Eventually you pay the price for getting outshot by 15 every single game. Eventually you pay that price. It always that bill comes due for everybody eventually so the question is 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 the, the are they able to transition all of the unreal unsustainable magic that they have been able to conjure up for this run and translate that into the next season and then do it again in the postseason look if they if they run it back in the regular season they will not win the central division they won't win the central they yeah. may not finish in the top two they may not finish in the top three, but if they get into the postseason again and they have that same kind of Cobra blood that they do with this year's group where they just find a way, then I mean that their seeding will not matter. We talk about them being unsustainable, and, and I agree, but the question is where do they sit when they do play a sustainable game? Can they be a competitive team in the regular season when pucks aren't necessarily bouncing their way? And I don't know that the answer to that completely is no. I do know that if you're trying to run it back with Joe Pavelski being a year older, Alex Radulov being a year older, Jamie Benn being a year older, they're not doing themselves any favors. It's. I think it's a tough proposition. I think if Jim Nill's being honest with himself, he's looking at it and he's saying, look, we got bailed out big time by the pandemic. Yep. And then we fell We fell into the magic that somebody was going to happen to somebody. Yep. Like, let's be honest here. Like, this, the, it's not like Dallas was the only team that was going to get there. But Tampa Bay is there without their number one center. Like Tampa Bay has found a, you, we, we chalked that up to, oh, well, Tampa Bay is just great. But remember the stigma that everybody had with Tampa Bay going into this. Like, I think, I think both of us picked Tampa Bay to win the cup this year. And people were like, oh, you guys are idiots. Didn't you guys watch what happened last year? Yeah. It's a team that has perennially not been able to get the job done. Right. But even then it's like, they're there constantly. You know, but there's but without Stamkos, they there's a little bit of something extra to get him there. Yep. And for them, you know, for for Dallas, they've they've conjured up they've basically all of their guys who were not good in the regular season kicked it up several notches. Like they've had they've had some guys like they've survived Tyler Sagan being extremely blocked totally mortal for sure and but the thing is Tyler Sagan has two goals in 25 playoff games it's not just that they've had the players kick it up a couple notches on the hole it's that they've had specific players kick it up when they needed to it's a great example where he plays terribly in the Av series and they get away with it and then he plays like a total god in the series against Vegas just yeah. totally bodies them. I mean, look at it. 
game game five of the Stanley Cup Finals. They get two goals out of Corey Perry. Yep. That's like insert the insert the Jumanji gif where Robin Williams is <laughs> what like, year what year is it? <laughs> the year is twenty twenty. You know, like it's it's just and that's the like they get they get a game seven hat trick out of something named a Kivi Ranta. Yeah. It's like they've just they've gotten the this is like the perfect the sum is greater than the whole of its parts, uh hockey team. And the thing is, is like they've got to do it now because if they don't, they will need to make major moves to be back next year. Yeah. And I, that's that's where like if they win it, I start selling off assets and I start I start retooling for the future immediately. If they don't, you're kind of stuck. Do it again. Try it for one more year. And if that doesn't work, then you make your decisions then. You know, you have expiring contracts, you have a bunch of money coming off the books. I just don't I don't feel that they're as committed. If if Dallas is being honest with themselves, even if they don't win it. I think they need to understand where their team is right now and what they need to do to retool slash rebuild to be a competitive team. Because, yeah, you know what? You're right. If they try and run it back, maybe there's another year out of this team. I personally wouldn't think that they would be cup contenders, but you never know. But that is a super, super short leash that that team has left. It would it would depend. Like I said, hey, keep an eye on them in the, the Taylor Hall, Alex Petrangelo stuff. Especially Petrangelo. Like, if they go out there, if they lose the cup and they find the cap space and then go out there and they add Alex Petrangelo, yeah, they're scarier. They just are. You add you add Petrangelo to any of these central division teams, and that team immediately is like, well, that's a big step forward. Speaking of Petrangelo, a good segue, the St. Louis Blues won the division. They won the Central Division this year. Was likely to be a close race with the Avs if they played the full season, but were one of the best teams in the West in the regular season. If not the best, you could make the argument, certainly, that they were the best. Mm -hmm. And that was without Vladimir Tarasenko for the majority of the year. It's a team that doesn't have a ton of cap room. It almost certainly at this point seems like Alex Petrangelo is walking away. Yeah, I mean, you lose Alex Petrangelo off the top because of cap issues. Yep. Uh, you know, they're they are committed to Justin Falk, Colton Pareko, Marco Scandella for the next couple of years, and Robert Bortuzzo for the next couple of years. Those four guys have multi years. Uh, about half their forward core, multiple years left. And yeah. some of the guys that are going into their last year, Alexander Steen, they if they can get just just get through that just contract, finish they'll it. be through. Yeah. yeah, you know, let let Tyler Bozak's contract expire, let uh, Jaden Schwartz's contract expire, and then revisit that. Um, and then a bunch of these depth guys, where it's like, hey, maybe these guys are good, maybe they're not. Uh, Vince Dunn, I would imagine, ends up on a multi-year deal. Jordan Bennington's contract is is up at the end of next season. So while they've kind of priced themselves potentially out of Petrangelo this offseason, like maybe no team 
is the victim of the pandemic as badly as St. Louis, who was like banking on the cap going up for them to find Petrangelo's space. Yep. The flat cap hurt them so badly. Yep. And yeah, I mean, you can always say, well, hey, maybe that's why you should plan, but it's also like, hey, Ain't nobody planning a- for this. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. So with with St. Louis, they're in a really interesting spot. Uh, because they, you know, to Tarasenko's, he's been injured for years now. Yep. Pretty consistently struggling to stay healthy. Uh, and the, even, even when healthy, you know, there was a time where this guy was talked about, it could have been with the Steven Stamkos of the world and, and maybe pushed to be a 50 goal guy. And realistically, he settled in as like a 35 goal guy. Well, when when Jamie Ben won the Art Ross, yep, you know, back in seventeen or was it six? It was. It was. I think it was. It was fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, one of his eighty point years. Like that's. I mean, he won. He won it with an eighty point season. Yep. And Tarasenko was not far off in the seventy points. Plus, he had forty goals. So you're talking like Tarasenko just was not that far off was, of like he was in the conversation of best producers in the league, right? Since scoring has blown up in the last couple of years, sixty six points, sixty eight points, and then ten points in ten games. He had seventeen points in their cup run last year, but this this is the the second time in three years that the shoulder that he's had shoulder issues. Because you remember he didn't he didn't finish the game in uh, game eighty two against Colorado. Yep. He left that game, had shoulder surgery, and was out for six months. Yep. And we don't think about that because he didn't miss any games. He came back the next season, but that was a major injury. And then this past season, again, a major injury. The durability continues to be a question mark. And when he did play in the series, he was clearly compromised. Yeah. And so if Tarasenko, if Tarasenko can't get back to his previous level or if he's hurt again or if he's just unavailable and then they lose Petrangelo, you're, we're talking about them as maybe that team doesn't even make the postseason. Because I honest, honestly, can David Perron at 32 years old, is David Perron going to continue to be a point-per-game guy for them? It's certainly something you're a little bit skeptical of. And we see this across the board, even this year in a year where they look, we're looking to be the top team in the central division without Tarasenko, Ryan O'Reilly's point production came down significantly. Yeah. And we, we asked, we said, look, that's 77 point year. Looking at a at O'Reilly's career. We said, Hey, there's a good chance. That's his career year. And if he's the difference between a guy, your top center producing 77 points and 60 points is really big. Yep. It's really big. You would better have a hell of a two C and like Braden Shen has been good in that role for them. But when he produces the same amount. Yeah. You don't have a one C at that point. You have two C's basically. Exactly. Had he stayed healthy, that was the same pace. Um, Nazem Kadri was on. Yep. 
was right in that 58 points, right there, right there alongside Shen and just below O'Reilly. And like that's clearly Colorado's two C. Like that's a that's where you want your two C scoring range to be. And not your one C. That's kind of the crux of the Blues problem is we said it in their cup run. They lack the high end talent. O'Reilly had a career year that yeah. really helped them get over the line, but that true superstar offensive talent is not something that they have. They don't yeah. have the cap space to go out and chase one, even while losing Alex Petrangelo on the back end. Yeah, this could be a total transition year for them while they let some of that money come off the books, while they let Steen and Bozak yep. um, uh, come off the books. But then, I mean, they've got to re-sign Robert Thomas, who is one of their best young players. Yep, Maybe their only young player who's actually got a chance to be really good. You know, re- putting putting Scott Perunovic on the blue line, I don't think is going to replace Alex Pet- Petrangelo, despite the fact that Perunovic was uh, wildly accomplished in college, playing at at Minnesota Duluth. Like Perunovic is a good prospect. I think he's got a good chance to be a solid pro. But you're talking about replacing Alex Petrangelo. Dude's not going to roll up and be putting up all star stats. It's gonna be it's gonna be a work in progress for that guy. So I'm I'm you know, I've always kind of been iffy on this St. Louis group. And again, it was just it it was a group that plays really well because it was so deep and effective. They play a style that fits their personality and fits their personnel very, very nicely. But if they lose Petrangelo and if Tarasenko's not healthy, it's really, really hard to look at them and think that that's still not only do you do you think they're probably not a favorite for the central, but they go right into that into that mixture of can they make the playoffs? Like the central division for the first time in a long time next season could take a really big step back. Yep. It's been it's been the Thunderdome for a long time and, and I'm not sure. Funnily enough, when the Avs are on the come up, the rest of the division seems to be trending the other direction. We have not talked about Krug. Um, we really, Just I don't know that seem there's like a realistic target for the Avs. I, I tell you, I tell you what, if the, if they trade for his rights, we'll definitely get into that. Um, yep. But in, until, until that happens, it's kind of just like, we've talked about a lot of the free agent defensemen already. We went through the class. We kind of skipped over him because he didn't make a lot of sense for the Avs, which is where we still are. It doesn't make a lot of sense for the Avs. And if, if they do it, then we'll get into why and what that deal looks like. But until that happens, we're kind of just like... If you go back and listen to our Tyson Berry talk, this a lot of the same things apply to Krug, basically. Um, but that was for a different podcast. We do need to take our second period break, as it was announced a while ago that Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams. That means Colorado is the place to be for rugby in the United States, and DNVR is now covering all things rugby here in Colorado. Reporter Colton Strickler is keeping you up to date on all things American rugby with the DNBR Rugby Podcast, and you can find his written rugby content right on the site with the rest of our coverage. Support the sport of rugby by following along with the latest news. Be sure to follow the DNBR Rugby Twitter account and, you know, download his podcast. Even if you're new to rugby, he has 101 podcasts to get you up to speed with how the game is played so you can learn. We do watch alongs at the bar occasionally on the weekends as well. 
well, usually in the afternoon. So you can come watch some of the best rugby that America has to offer. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. This is a conversation, a player that I've been asked a lot about, and it has a lot to do with the Winnipeg Jets' future. The Jets in an interesting spot where, realistically, they probably need to shed cap, and that probably needs to come from a forward. And it's probably Patrick Laine. Yeah, so this this just makes the most sense when you're looking at Winnipeg and like how, where they are and are they going to get better? Yep. The issue with Line A is that they have three very, I guess four, very very good wings. Yep. With with Blake Wheeler, Kyle Connor, Patrick Line, Nikolai Ehlers, Nikolai Ehlers as a high end. winger in the NHL. They've got maybe as envious of uh, foursome of wings in their top, in their top two lines as any team in the league, including Toronto. Like that's, they, that's, that's an absolutely comically loaded top two lines. The problem there being, they only have one center, which is Mark Shifley. Not only that, but, Kyle Connor's making seven million. Nikolai Ehlers is making six million. And those two, you're getting some cost efficiency out of those guys. Signed long term. The problem is Line A is making almost seven million and is due for a big, big raise at the end of next season. Yeah. And as a guy who's all around game is it's getting better and it's a work in progress. Uh, and he's worked a lot on it. He's gotten a lot better. And at 22 years old, his worst season is a 28-goal season, which happened this last year. Um, fair to say that had it had it not gotten cut short, he'd be a 30-goal guy in all four of his NHL years. Yeah, was easy and, on pace for it. Oh, yeah. And, I mean... Didn't, didn't get to see him in the postseason. Got hurt in game one. So we never never got to see how that was going to shake out, but this is this is a superstar goal scorer at 22 years old, as high end a goal scorer as you're you're going to find in the league. Yep is he is he a little more one dimensional than you would like right now? Sure, maybe, but he's worked a lot on that. That game has his all around game has come around in a lot of ways. His problem is is that he can't play with Shifley. And that he's playing with that rotating cast of, of characters that they have at 2C. You know, Jack Roslovic hasn't taken the job. Um, Matthew Perot is no longer capable. And Brian Little has a, a head injury, a serious head injury. That that leaves them, you know, there's a reason they traded for Kevin Hayes, Paul, Paul Stasny and Kevin Hayes in back-to-back years. That two cease job remains a problem for that organization. Not only that, but they need defense. Right now, their only defensemen under contract are Josh Morrissey, Neil Pionk, Carl Dahlstrom, and Tucker Pullman. And outside of 
Sammy Niku, who's an RFA they need to resign. The rest of that list of guys, you're not fawning over. Yeah, like they've got look, Sam, Sammy Niku, you bring him back. He's an he's an intriguing young player. They just signed Dylan Sandberg out of college, an intriguing young player. Billy Hanola looked really good in his brief NHL stint last year and then went back to uh went back to Finland and had a great year. Those guys, like, they've got some intriguing pieces. They don't have the high-end guy. As much as Josh Morrissey has been rock solid, he's not an Alex Petrangelo. Yeah, and, like, Morrissey Morrissey took a pretty significant step back last year when asked to be the top-pairing guy, and all of a sudden he was away from Jacob Trubo. Yeah. And, you know... Maybe you, you say, hey, look at who his partner was. Maybe you just say, hey, th- this maybe he's just not cut out for that. But at $6.25 million, signed long term, he put up he put up a 31 point season in 65 games as like their top guy. Yep. And it's not terrible, but like you look at the deal that Sam Gerard is on and his production, and it's like Sam Gerard is like Colorado's top guy at even strength, but not special teams. And is out producing Morrissey pretty handily. Right. And you're <laughs> like, hey, really less. Yeah. These numbers, these numbers are way too they're way too close for comfort for Winnipeg, given the price tags of those of those respective players. Yep. And like what's coming in the pipeline? They there's just not there's not a ton that's ready to go, especially defensively. They don't have a two C. They've got the tenth pick in this year's draft because they got screwed out of the lottery. They should have just gotten the lottery win, yep. and they should be taking Lafreniere, which would make moving line A way, way easier. easier. Yep. But and so they're that's why line A. That's why line A is in this position. It's not that they like want to trade him. It's that. This is a team that has to count every dollar. They have to make every contract dollar count. Uh, it's got to be cost efficient. It's got to be worth it. It's got to be a guy that lives up to it. And they have a and, surplus of wingers, and they need everything else. Basically, yeah, they've got they've got one of the bright young wingers in the game that they can and who's on an expiring contract. The other yeah. four guys are all going to be, you know, oh, they want if they if they're going to yeah. move Kyle Connor, if they're going to move Nikolai Ehlers, they would also get a windfall. But then they would also have to turn around and pay the guys that they got, plus Patrick Line. Yep. The cost. If they move Line, if they move Line, they don't have to worry about the big extension on any of these guys. And it depends on who they get in return. They get a guy with the, who's signed like a Brett Pesci, then he's signed for several years, and they don't have to worry about it. That money is spent. Yep. If they go out and they get a, a guy in a similar situation who needs a big contract. Okay, well, then they have to sign that. But it will at least be either a center or a defenseman who who better fills their needs. So Winnipeg is Winnipeg is the major player in this offseason because that's the spot they're in. If they want to trade one of the cost-controlled uh, the, the cost guys, one of the signed guys, Ehlers or Connor, they're going to get a huge pay, they're going to get a huge payout for it. But they will also still have to sign line A next year. And that contract is going to be bigger than both Connor and Ehlers. Is there a world where the Avs are a dance partner with Winnipeg for this? Absolutely. But it's got to be a world where you're bold. Yeah. You have to be 
massive brass balls bold because that's Alex. That's for me. That's the Alex Newhook conversation. Yep. If I'm if I if I don't want to touch if I don't want to touch Bowen Byram, probably. And I say and I say, look, this is just more valuable. He's just more valuable than I'm. Then for me, it's Alex Alex Newhook and a first round pick, and then work from there. Do they yep. want do they want a B level prospect or do they want another pick? And then and then I'm sorry, but I would do that. Yeah, oh, Patrick. I mean, Patrick Line. I love Alex Newhook, but Patrick Line has scored forty four goals in a season, and he's very young. <laughs> and like, P.S. He and Miko are tight. The Finns, yeah. And if you put if you put that dude on your power play, and he has the actual cannon for him to take that one timer, you can stop dicking around. Like and no just more that dude up to be over honest, and over and okay, over. Okay, see, it's not one year of line A because he's an RFA. Right. He will he will he would be signed. You get one year at cost and then you have to pay him a ton. Right. But. You're paying him this this is instead of giving Taylor Hall nine million dollars this year, you give Patrick Line nine million dollars next year. Yep. That's all that is. And then what you do is you take Kale McCarr off your power play, and you put Nathan McKinnon up at the top, and you have him guiding traffic with Miko and Line on either side and him throwing that weird ass little wrister from up top. Is it Nathan McFinnan if he's playing with uh Miko and Line? See now we have to do it because we have puns ready to go. <laughs> there we go. It has to happen because we've already got puns. We've already we've already got we've already got our, our headline if it happens. Oh. But like that's that has to be the that has to be the conversation. It's gotta be it's it, it would have to be all in to do it. And like Alex Newhook would, I mean, they have, uh, they, that sets them up with Mark Shifley and Alex Newhook down the middle for the next six years. Yep. And you're like, oh man, I don't necessarily want to do that. Yep. No one, you have to run against that. But at the same time, like, do you think they want to try and who, who the hell is going to defend Patrick Line on, on Nathan McKinnon's wing? You know, it, it, that's uh, that streak goes both ways. Every time they yeah. roll into Winnipeg, Patrick Line is gonna be tearing some dudes up. Right, like it's it, the streak rolls both ways. A great way to say that because for 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 us looking at oh man, we're gonna we're gonna set them up. But then what do they give the Avs? And it's like, mm-hmm. dude's pretty okay at hockey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they can go ahead and use the tenth pick on whichever defenseman they like best, even if it's a massive reach. It's totally fine. Uh, a couple other teams in the Central Division here as well: Chicago and Nashville uh, and Minnesota. Minnesota, I don't, I don't. Even I would say anything to say about Chicago and Minnesota are like rebuilding teams. That yeah. we'll see. Call again when you're competitive. <laughs> yeah, like we'll 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 see. They they're just they're so blah. Nashville's legitimately interesting. Sure, Nashville. It's if Tampa was never good enough to consistently make conference finals, that's what Nashville feels like. They had their one run and then they've seemingly underperformed from there with Pecorine obviously falling off of a cliff, but their offense that has just never been able to provide the production expected out of it. Which, I mean, that leaves Nashville in a pretty tough spot. 
considering what they have committed into their mm-hmm. forward core, how how do you tinker? It's really hard for Nashville to significantly tinker, at least with the high end of this roster. For right now, they are set to lose Craig Smith and Mikhail Granlund out of their forward core. Yep. And they've got $8 million in cap space to play with. What do you do with that? I don't really know because they're, they're only... I mean, expiring contract next year is Nick Benino, who is actually one of the few guys who's lived up to his deal, and that's in that it, city right now. That's the problem. They've been down this road three, four times already. They threw eight million dollars at Ryan Johansson, and it didn't work. They threw yeah. eight million dollars at Matt Duchesne, and it didn't work. They've got Kyle Turris on six million dollars. I think I saw the other day that they've paid for twenty nine goals from him. Yikes over three seasons in like 170 something games. Yep. 29 goals over the last three seasons, not even a hundred points. And they're paying that dude $6 million a year for the next four years. <laughs> that deal did not work for them. No, it did that deal not. did not go well for them. So, so- what do you do? They've tried everything. Yeah. They've 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 traded top defensemen for top centers. Uh, they've what do you? I mean, what do they do? They, do they now try and go back to the defense? Because now their defense is thinned out. Like Dante Fabro was their first round pick, who they were waiting on, and like he's okay. But Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Matthias Ekholm, like those guys are only going to get worse from here on out. Yeah, the, and Ekholm only has two years left at being the greatest value contract in the NHL behind Nathan McKinnon. What was four years ago one of the greatest values and most effective defenses in their prime is realistically past it now. Yeah, now it's three really good guys and a bunch of and a bunch of bodies. Yep, like they they're getting by with Jared. They they seriously resigned Jared Tenorti and were like, "Hey, come play for us." And, and look, that's, it's not that big of a knock. Roman Yossi just won a Norris Trophy. He's still extremely good. Right. But this is, like, as good as it gets. Yep. Like, Roman Yossi's not going to get better from here. The peak has been hit. It's downhill. And then $9 million every year, like, It's correct. That is that's, the only way to put that. Like, they are, they are in a position where they are committed to a ton of guys deep into their 30s. Yep. They've got Turris until he's 35. They've got Duchesne, Johansson, Yossi, and Ellis all until they're at least 35. Mid-30s at minimum, yeah. Yeah, Arvidsson, Arvidsson until he's 32. Sissons, Colton, they're, they're committed to Colton Sissons until he's 32. Yeah. They also, I mean, they're just Grimaldi, two million a year for the next two years, which is crazy. But they're committed to Austin Watson until he's thirty-two. Crazy, it's crazy. Like it's they've just they've locked this roster down, but they've they've spent a lot of the money. And Pecorine is going into the last year of his deal at five million, and UC Soros at one point five million. If UC Soros, who will now be their starter going forward, if you know. He's going to be like the true legit starter. He's going to get a big raise from that 1.5 million if he keeps putting up 915 save percentages. This is what a cap sheet is supposed to look like after you win a cup. 
Yeah, because you paid all the you paid all those guys as rewards for winning you a Stanley Cup. Yeah. And that's exactly that's that's a great point. That's exactly what it should look like. And instead, they're getting worse every year. Yep. They've gone they they went from the Stanley Cup finals to the Western Conference uh finals to um, second round exit. <laughs> yeah, and then and then this year I guess last year they had the first round exit against Dallas. Yep. And then this year they lost in the play in round. Yep. So next year they're going to be scrapping for a playoff spot at all. Which is where they were again this year. So like I I just they don't their their young talent that's that's up and coming. Like Eli Tolvanen, where are you at? Yeah, they like no. he was supposed to be I remember the year, one year after the 2017 draft, and some Nashville fan telling me that in a redraft, Tolvanen would go first overall yeah. in that in that class. There were people saying, "Oh, well." As Pedersen was blowing up, there were people saying, "Just wait for Tolvanen to to show up, and he'll be better than Pedersen." And it's like, mm, <laughs> don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Like right now, 36 points in 63 AHL games. Like, hey, you're in. You're a nice AHL player. He's back over in the KHL waiting for North America to get going again. But it's the where is where where are you at? You know, I love Philip Tomasino, but you're still talking about that guy still two years away. And you're yeah, you're hoping that guy's a two C for you going forward, which is exactly what Nashville doesn't need. Nashville needs a bona fide number one center, and they've just never been able to get one. I mean, they just need they need something. And what's crazy is that they have tried all of it. Yeah, they and like Philip Forsberg's a free agent at the end of the 2022 season. He's either going to get that big raise, or they're going to let him walk, and they're just going to continue to 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 get a little bit worse every year. I don't know what you do with with David Poyle. I think Nashville is in the most fascinating spot in the NHL because their team should be way freaking better than that than it is, and. Like you kind of feel bad because Darcy Kemper is the reason that they're home. <laughs> but at the same time, like they had a chance to show everybody that they didn't belong. Look at look at the difference there. Darcy Kemper sent Nashville home. Darcy Kemper beat the Avs in one game and then they just torched him. Yeah. Almost almost like they took it personally that they lost to him. Yep. And they were like Mm. let's not do that again (laughs) and nashville couldn't get over the hump their offense didn't get the job done for them i i just don't they they are a team that i just don't know what to do because david poyle's tried everything he's been bold you look at some of the boldest trades of the last seven or eight years and nashville is constantly involved in them Trading for PK Subban and then trading him away, involved in the tourist three-way deal, and he's found he's consistently found ways to sign particularly defensemen to incredibly team-friendly deals. Yeah, I remember Dater giving me the whole "Is that guy worth it? What has that guy accomplished in his career with Ryan Ellis signing at six point two five million?" And right now, that looks like a huge bargain for them. Yep. But you look at Matthias Ekholm is 30 years old and is still on that contract that paid him 3.75 million. That insane deal. 
They had Roman Yossi at $4 million through almost his entire 20s. Insanity. Like, this is the, this right now, assuming that the ship continues to go down, this is the biggest whiff. Yeah. Of not getting a Stanley Cup in terms of talent accumulation of this generation. Because, you know, even if Tampa Bay blows the series against Dallas and the Stamkos, Hedman, Lightning never win a cup, they played in two cup finals. They've been to the Eastern Conference finals a bunch of times. Six times or something. Like, they've been, they have been right there. But this Nashville team had one run and has only gotten worse. Like, this is. It feels similar to Washington out east before they won their cup, except for Nashville doesn't have a buzzsaw of a Pittsburgh team that they keep running into. They just aren't getting it done. There's no excuse. They lost They lost to Dallas last year and they lost to Arizona this year. Right, exactly. Like there's it's not like they're running into you know the the Crosby Malkin Penguins every single year. Like it's well, a, a great were. point. Now the Avs have might be that team, but <laughs> yeah, well, right. And now the McKinnon Avalanche are that team are going to be that team for somebody else. Yep. So Nashville's put themselves in a tough, tough spot. They've put themselves in a spot where they, we don't even know what to do with them because their cap situation is, is a nightmare. San Jose is a great example. The yep. Thornton Marlowe Sharks. That is a very good example. Where, and like all respect to the run. Like they had a they had a great run. They made a cup finals. They made a bunch of conference finals. Like they were really, really competitive, but they just didn't quite get over the finish line. Yep. And I would still I would still say that this Predators group is the biggest underachiever of the generation. You had high-end players play up to their ability in San Jose, whether it be, I mean, yeah. Thornton, a surefire Hall of Famer. Joe Pavelski was excellent there for a decade. I mean, Logan Couture was fostered there. Evander Kane got there and grew up. Like, they fostered a great, everything was great about San Jose, right? And I, I will tell you right now, I don't think they're nearly as bad as they were this year, and I think they're going to be a problem again next season for the Pacific Division. But I will. I will. I mean, obviously, they have to get goaltending. They still have a huge problem there. They've got to get goaltending. Yeah, Jones and that just not get. But like they, there are guys that go to Nashville and get worse every year. Pretty. And they're they're now three head coaches into this. Yeah. So this is not. It's not like it was a stale program. Something stinks in Nashville. So why are guys going to Nashville and getting worse? I, and and if you're David Poyle, what the hell do you try? He's he's signed free agents. He's traded for huge guys. He's taken big risks. He's done everything that he could, and nothing seems to be working. I I just don't. I don't. I truly. I don't know what to do. You're you're asking the wrong guy on that one. I that's thrilled though. That seems lost. <laughs> I. Uh, because I, I I thought they were going to dominate the division for half a decade. Yeah, it, with the defense they had, it, yeah. it seemed for year after year it's like, oh, if they get one more offensive piece, that team is going to be insane. I would also say they are a phenomenal warning shot to all the people who just assume the Avalanche are automatically going to be there for the next half decade. 
yeah. it's real hard to do. I believe I believe McKinnon is special and that he's better than anybody that the Predators have ever had in their entire existence outside of the 10 minutes Peter Forsberg was there. But <laughs> I could be wrong about that. And the Avs could be, this could be their flash in the pan. These last two years could have been it for them. We don't know what the future holds. And that's, you know, best laid plans. David Poyle's done everything for Nashville. And they serve as like the ultimate warning sign that sometimes things just don't work for reasons that you just can't explain. Sometimes things just don't work. Speaking of work, you and I have to get out of here because yes. we have to go we to the bar. We have to go do a bunch of work for draft coverage for you guys behind the scenes today. Because yeah. so. we are one week from draft eve. Yep. And uh, we've got to, we've got so much exciting stuff that we're working on. And we have to get to that. But also, we have the draft in person next Tuesday. Unfortunately, the Nuggets are no longer contending for that space. So it's ours now, yeah. which yay, but like yay with an asterisk. <laughs> and that means you guys have to come hang out with the draft party with us. Cause it's going to be a ton of fun and they're not going to trade the 24th pick at least until draft day. That's my contention. There you go. That so, way all of you get down there and we can all hang out and drink together when that happens. The one of you that gets the bingo card that has abs trade yep. 24th pick. We're all going to be mad at you when they trade. Yep. Okay. We actually need to get those cards made. Yeah, I know we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah. We've got to get those cards made. We've got guests lined up all week from a variety of outlets. Uh, we've, what is our lineup? This we have Jared Brown from, uh, Oh my God, I'm blanking, but we have Jared Brown, the head scout from one of the many draft publications is coming on. That we awesome have Will scout. Yeah. We have Chris Peters from ESPN. Uh, all lined up this week, and then we are having mock draft on Friday. There you go. AJ, hit it up. We got to get out of here. Thank you, everyone, for listening watching. However you consume the podcast, if you want to support us, try Stravacraft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee, which you can now get cold brewed at the DNVR bar, or head on to their website, StravacraftCoffee.com, and use code DNVR20 at checkout to get 20% off. Jared Brown from Draft Pro Hockey, by the way, just to get it, get the plug in there for him. Thank you. Uh, we are out of here. We will talk to you guys tomorrow, and it's going to be draft coverage from here on out through the draft. Everyone has that one goal. That thing they want to prove. Not to other people, but to themselves. Then right when you think you could actually do it, cancer. And that goal is still within reach. I would know. I'm about to run my first ever marathon with my two best friends. Three years after having cancer. At least we look good in these shorts. Woo! Let's get it, guys. You, keep making plans. Visit OhioHealth.com slash keep making plans to learn more.